Welcome to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners. I'm your host, Maureen Warbach. Hey everyone, welcome to the last day of our three-part interview series discussing starting, growing, and maintaining your group practice. Today I'm going to talk about hiring staff, handling staff situations, growing as a leader, and all that fun stuff. So let's just jump right into it. What is your hiring process like? So my hiring process was always once a clinician, once the clinicians were full, start looking at hiring another person. And I found that to be quite ineffective because of the time that it takes to Um, from finding a therapist to getting them set and ready um, and on insurance panels and, you know, ready to see clients that that process is a lot, takes a lot longer than expected. So waiting until everyone is full isn't actually the smartest route to go in terms of hiring. So now I hire people once a clinician is about 75% full, then I start looking into hiring someone else. Obviously, once my office is completely full, I don't have to look at hiring anyone. Something I wanted to bring up in the startup section, which I didn't, so um, this is a little bit backwards in terms of where I should have been mentioning this, how I decided to take the plunge into hiring my first clinician and the first few clinicians afterwards in terms of finances, because I know, know people think the income that I make seeing clients is 100% versus when I hire people, I'm only getting a percentage or, you know, not all of uh, the income that gets generated from the clinicians that I hire. And how I kind of look at all of that is that the more clinicians I have, the more visibility my practice has as a whole. I don't know what the percentage is, but there's some level of likelihood that for one client who looks me up online, that one might find that I'm a good fit, whereas someone else who sees me says, no, you know, she doesn't have what I'm looking for in terms of a counselor. The more therapists I have, the more likely it is that if I'm not a good fit, someone else within my practice is. So kind of just a a side note that I wanted to mention on the first uh, part of the interview series, and I didn't, was that once once you start hiring people, and having uh, more staff, the more likely it is that referrals come more organically anyways because one of you as a therapist is probably more likely to be a fit for each client that is calling or looking us up online versus just having me or me and one other person. So that was kind of my rationale for hiring people once I only had 10 clients for myself was that this was going to be a way, having more clinicians was going to be a way for getting more exposure and therefore also finding clients specific to my you know, kind of niche area. Okay. Again, the 1099 versus employee thing, I feel like this is something that everyone kind of struggles with in the beginning of figuring out what's the best route to go. And my suggestion is to talk, to go on the IRS website, look at, they have a checklist for what is considered an independent contractor and what's considered an employee. Out of safety's sake, I decided to go the employee route a couple of years ago, but that's obviously something that you should take the time out and think about way before you actually start hiring your first clinician. What do you look for in your staff, clinical and non-clinical? I like this question. I feel like I pay a lot of attention to this question because as I've mentioned in the previous episodes, I care a lot about having an atmosphere that's really positive 
And um, I'm just really sensitive when it comes to other people's emotions and being in a place that feels like it's thriving and that everyone is enjoying each other's company. So when I started deciding that I wanted to have staff, I really wanted to have people who enjoyed being there and who felt they like they were valued. So I looked for people who kind of gave that vibe off in a session. Obviously, the most important thing is that they have the clinical experience and that they um, you know, what their, what my vision for my group practice is that they fit into that vision, but also just as important was that I got a feel of openness, supportiveness. Although my staff is employees, they get to work very independently and I, I, I strive for them to have that level of being independent, even though they're not an independent contractor, but feeling like they can really make choices for themselves as to what type of clients they work with and how they, they do their work and all of that kind of stuff. So being independent is an important factor for me. I also feel like I want to make sure that my the people that are potentially working at my group practice fit really well with the other clinicians so that we have a really nice atmosphere because I'm sure all of you have been in an atmosphere in a work environment where the atmosphere was not great and that can just sour your whole experience uh, in a workplace. So this is something I just take as a really important factor um, when looking at hiring uh, staff specifically for clinical well, and non-clinical staff is being able to work independently where it's, I've had uh, experiences where there's a lot of handholding that's needed. And just for my personality, I'm very independent. And I, like I said before, I take risks and I try things out. And if they don't work, I adjust and make changes. I like having people who can do the same thing, who don't need uh, to ask me every single question, but try things out and see if they don't work. I I like people to be creative and be flexible and try things out and have trial and error and make mistakes and, you know, try something different because I feel like that's the way that we all can grow. Um, So I, I definitely look for that as well in my staff. How do you support your staff? This is my favorite question ever because I love having people feel happy about where they're at in life, especially when it comes to work. So I've kind of grown this every year. I'm adding things to this list, but as it stands right now, um, the way I support my staff is one, being available as often as possible. I check in when when I'm at the office and I see one of their doors open, I go in and I kind of shoot the breeze and get to know them as a person. I do staff appreciation stuff. So every March is staff appreciation day. Um, this past March we did went to a paint party and got to, you know, bring your own food and drinks and paint and just have a very non-clinical time together. I decorate their offices for their birthdays. They get recognition on their birthday, especially if they're in. If not, the day after. They get some sort of gift that's personal for their birthday, something that reminds me of them. Also on their work anniversary days, they get, again, balloons or something special in their office to recognize that they've been with Urban Wellness for another year. I have pay for marketing hours. So each month, if they do any sort of marketing, um, I will pay flat rate for every hour of marketing that they do. And I also just started this year a retirement plans because I feel like investing in my staff's future 
is another way to show that I not only care about them now because they're here, but I also care about them when they're, you know, retiring, that they feel like they're secure and set. Mother's Day and Father's Day and all those fun things, I try to give some sort of recognition. I send emails out every once in a while checking in when um, staff goes on maternity leave. I make sure that they feel like they're as supported as possible from a workplace standpoint. And um, I check in with them, of course, uh, in those ways. We have monthly staff meetings so that they feel like they can connect and get together because, as you guys all know, being in private practice can sometimes be isolating because you're in and out of your office bringing new clients in and walking them back out. So that's probably the main stuff. Oh, and um, another way that I support my staff is um, I just started offering health insurance and um, it'll be effective starting this November. Um, I tried this a few years ago, and um, because there's so many rules as to how a business can offer health insurance, a certain percentage of the staff has to take it in order to contribute. I won't be able to contribute as a business owner, or my business won't be able to, but I will be able to have have it open so that clinician we can be listed as a group practice. It's not contributed by employer, but it's 100% employee contribution. But some of the benefits in that is that they get to use pre-tax their pre-tax income towards uh, paying for health insurance if they go through the group practice and there's more plan options available than through the marketplace. So I know that's something that we just started this year as well um, as a way to help some of the clinicians who need to have health insurance um, because they're the, you know, the primary insured. What are your expectations for your staff and what do they expect from you? So my expectations for my staff is that they hold themselves accountable to Um, working within their schedule. They get to pick their scheduled times. Um, I have no initial expectation other other than what we come up with when we're at the interview, uh, which is a certain amount of days and some hour timeframes in those days. Other than that, um, my expectation is that they make sure that they stay, you know, they keep themselves filled within those days on a consistent level and that they do their notes in a timely fashion, preferably every day, but I give them till the end of the week. I well, I also expect that they are independent um, in their work and that they do quality work, that they go to trainings often on their uh, air specialty areas, as well as in ethics and supervision, and that they can ask for help when they need it. And then I hope that they expect from me that I'm available when needed and that I will offer them support as often as they need it and as much as possible, that I pay them when uh, when they're supposed to be paid, that I make them feel valued. And I think that just that they expect that I would generally be a nice leader and uh, a caring leader. How do you grow yourself as a leader? I've given myself a lot of thought on this question because I feel like this is an area that for the rest of my life I will need to grow in because it's not something that comes kind of second nature to me to be a leader. I'm more of an independent worker. So having the role of being a leader and owning a group practice is always um, something that I need to be mindful of and, and work on. So I go to CEUs to help on leadership growth. I do my own consultation talking about difficulties or ways opportunities and ways of growing as a leader 
And I would suggest that everyone does that as well, just because we don't we don't get this in our master's programs. Um, unfortunately, something I always wished for. Do you offer supervision to your employees? Um, yes. Uh, as I mentioned yesterday, we have once a month uh, staff supervision where we all meet together in uh, my office and go over case consultation, any new things that are going on within our group practice. And also my clinical director offers uh, one-on-one supervision whenever needed. And all, all of the staff know, know knows this, so they can just email her and they'll uh, set up a time to, to get together. Also, my clinical director is in the office most of the days, Monday through Friday. So um, if they catch her when she's not seeing a client, they that also works. And so as a kind of final wrap up, I am hopeful that this was helpful in getting one perspective of a group practice owner and, and how I run my practice. And um, I'm really excited about some of the people that I have lined up who are willing to talk about their group practices and get interviewed by me. So keep your ears open for that because that's coming up uh, soon. And for you guys to get you know information on another way of running a group practice. Um, as I said before, uh, running a group practice is so multidimensional and can vary so much between each group practice. So it's always really fun to hear about how different um, each group practice is in terms of how it's run and the way it's structured and the way um, they hire staff and all of that. So again, I hope you enjoyed this mini series on me, Maureen, and my group practice, Urban Wellness. And if you are interested in being interviewed uh, because you're a group practice owner, give me a shout out. Um, email me at maureen at urbanwellnesscounseling.com. Actually, no, that's my, gr- that's my group practice email. Email me at maureen at thegrouppracticeexchange.com and uh, we can get something set up. All right, guys, have a good one. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. We'll see you next week.